If your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited-time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited time offer, so act now. If your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited-time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited-time offer, so act now. Hey, what's up, folks? Uh, My name is Rob Gorski, and you're listening to the Autism Dad podcast. Uh, I appreciate you guys taking the time to tune in. Um, This week, I've got a really cool interview for you guys. Um, My guest is Sherry Marino. She is a licensed pediatric speech and language pathologist uh, specializing in autism spectrum disorders. Uh, She received her Bachelor of Arts in Speech and Audiology from uh, Rutgers University and obtained her Master's of Arts uh, degree in Communication Sciences and Disorders from Montclair University. Uh, She is also founder of Rocking Horse Rehab Pediatric Therapy Center. Uh, They specialize in equine therapy for children with various disabilities, including autism, cerebral palsy, spinal muscular atrophy, uh, brain tumors, rare syndromes, neuromuscular, and psychiatric disorders. Sherry is also the executive director of the Autism Healthcare Collaborative, which is why she's here today. Uh, She's going to talk about what that is, how it's helping the autism community, and how uh, you can utilize that should you find yourself in a place where you need their help. So uh, stay tuned. I'm going to play the interview for you in its entirety following this commercial break. We'll be right back. The Autism Dad is brought to you by Lackey Kid. Have you ever wondered where to find the best sensory tools for children with autism? Dealing with sensory issues can be very challenging for families like mine. Thankfully, there's Lackey Kid. Lackey Kid was founded by an autism dad to provide support, education, and other tools that can help children with anxiety, sleep, attention span, and sensory processing issues. They've helped thousands of autism families improve the quality of their lives. Visit lackeykid.com forward slash the autism dad and find out how you can receive a free sensory toy. This is a limited time offer while supplies last, so visit lackeykid.com forward slash the autism dad for more information. Uh, and we're back. Uh, I want to thank uh, Sherry Marino uh, for coming onto the show today. She, she is the executive director of uh, Autism Healthcare Collaborative. Um, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about what they do and how they serve uh, the autism community. So, uh, Sherry, thank you very much for coming on the show and taking the time to uh, to help educate us on what you guys are doing. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Um, what? Well, first of all, we have the Autism Healthcare Collaborative, and we'll get into that later. But um, you guys started out as the Autism Think Tank, right? That's correct. Yes, Can we. You- were founded in 2010 by Dr. Paul Abend um, as the Autism Think Tank, which was created to bring together a group of medical experts from across the country in a medical video conferencing format to help basically his son, 
Um, and then it, it expanded it to help families across the country and even overseas. Wow. So, so this sort of, okay. So one of the things that I have come across in the 10 or 11 years that I've been advocating, uh, is there are a lot of people still, even in 2019 who can't find, um, you know, facilities or even doctors that can diagnose autism. Uh, so, so how do you guys sort of fit into that? So gosh, there are so many different levels to that because yeah, there is a huge issue with finding doctors who can give it not only the autism diagnosis, um, but there are issues around waiting lists to get into those doctors who can do that. Right. Um, the autism think tank though is not diagnosing autism, what we do is help families and their physicians, wherever they are located in the U.S. or even overseas, work to resolve the underlying medical issues that are associated with the autism diagnosis. So we know that there are a large percentage of individuals on the spectrum who have GI disorders and allergy, immunology issues, food allergies. Um, they have seizures or epilepsy. They have sleep disorders and comorbid psychiatric disorders. So our medical experts help the local physicians, the family physicians, to look at what those signs and symptoms might be that could be behavioral as opposed to something typically um, that would represent a medical symptom that would um, indicate that there are underlying medical issues that are exacerbating the autism. I can relate to, to what you're saying there because like all, all three of my kids are autistic and um, they all have comorbid uh, diagnoses that were, were very challenging to diagnose. We like, we have the Cleveland clinic and autism or uh, Akron children's hospital local to us. So we're kind of very lucky in that sense. Uh, my oldest is, is very complicated uh, and medically fragile as well. So, you know, he has, um, uh, he was diagnosed with epilepsy. He was diagnosed with uh, CVID, which is a immunodeficiency. Uh, what else? Psychiatrically, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia, um, and you know he is he is significantly delayed. There's a lot of um, uh, auto, uh, autonomic issues that he he deals with, and we've had to have um, doctors from various locations try and collaborate without having sort of, um, a facilitator, I guess, if that makes sense. And, and it's really hard to, to try and piece all those things together when everybody's not on the same page, I, I guess was my point. And so it, that's right. so it sounds like that's what you guys, um, are doing for people. Yeah, that's precisely what we're solving for because, you know, this started with Dr. Abend. He's you know, obviously a doctor himself, and so is his wife. And their son, Mikey, is severely affected. So in 2010, after years of struggling with these medical comorbidities, including uncontrolled seizures, food allergies, eczema, sleep issues, you know, he became so aggressive and self-injurious, he was literally putting his head through walls, you know, through sheetrock. And... Paul had to, uh, Paul, Dr. Robin had to find doctors who could understand, you know, how to treat these medical issues because, as we know, many kids on the spectrum metabolize very differently. So they metabolize medicines differently. They present with very um, atypical symptoms that indicate medical issues. So it's for the regular doctor, the regular family physician, the community physician, it's very difficult for them to not only recognize those symptoms, in order to diagnose properly, but it's also difficult to treat them because they respond so differently to medical interventions. And so out of pure frustration with all of you know, Mikey's doctors, Dr. Robin said, enough is enough. I'm bringing you all to New Jersey in a medical video conference, and you are all going to talk to each other and figure out what's going on with my son. And what they did was they brought five doctors together and when the GI doctor spoke to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist you know, was speaking to the allergist and they all heard the answers to each other's questions, they realized that a lot of Mikey's aggressions came from gut pain because he's nonverbal and couldn't communicate the gut pain. 
and the gut pain was coming from the anti-epileptic drug that were destroying his gut. But the psychiatrist was prescribing antipsychotic medication to deal with the aggressive behaviors when all they had to do, according to the GI doctor, was say, wait a minute, let's give him a GI-friendly anti-epileptic drug and we'll eliminate the aggressive behaviors and you won't need the psych meds. And that's what happened. The seizures were controlled, the aggression stopped, the daily restraints in school stopped, and Paul said, well, if we could do this for Mikey, we should be doing this for other families all over the country. And the, that was how the autism think tank was born. There, there are, I have seen um, or, or been connected with a lot of families over the years, and there are, that's very common uh, where there's either a misdiagnosis or uh, because a child is nonverbal or, or unable to express themselves um, you know, they exhibit behaviors and rather than try and treat the underlying condition uh, because maybe they don't know what it is or they don't know that there is one, you're treating behaviors rather than addressing the root of the problem. And, and that, it just sort of becomes like that, uh, like, like a, like a cycle, a vicious cycle. It just, it never ends. We were like that with my, Absolutely. my youngest was very aggressive when he was little and uh, nonverbal at the time. Uh, and, and we, we had thought, well, they had told us that they believed he was deaf because he didn't respond to any type of, um, verbal stimulus. Uh, what we ended up finding out was that he had, uh, severe food allergies and, and he was having gastrointestinal issues that were causing him a lot of pain. Um, he also had a fever disorder that was uh, causing the back of his throat to break out in mouth sores and his joints would swell mm. up. Um, I mean, they almost like he had rheumatoid arthritis uh, and he, he still has it. it. It's on a cycle. It's like every, well, it was like every two weeks. But the point is, is that it took a lot of effort to be able to uncover all of that stuff. And, and we thought we were just dealing with aggression and he was actually trying to, trying to, there's probably a lot of frustration on his part. Um, and, and being able to identify those things can, can significantly improve the quality of life for everyone. And that's, that's, that's such an amazing thing that you guys are doing. Um, did you guys ever find that you have kids coming in that are maybe misdiagnosed or, um, you know, being treated for one thing when it's actually, uh, something else? Um, yeah, a little bit of that and a little bit of um, just not diagnosed at all, um, you know, where these symptoms were overlooked. And, most, you know, I would say that, you know, most of the families we deal with, um, their child or their adult child are severely affected. And um, the families are almost in crisis mode. You know, they've done they've done everything they can do with their local doctors. Many have jumped on planes and tried traveling. Many can't travel because of the aggressive behaviors. Um, many can't afford to travel to the specialists, and many live in rural areas that don't, um, where they don't have access to premier academic centers. Um, so we get a lot of families that are in crisis mode, and uh, you know the the local physicians, um, well, physicians in general, are not trained in medical school about autism mm -hmm. or medical comorbidities of autism or how to recognize what behavioral symptoms might be indicating an underlying medical issue. This just doesn't exist. And so we're often undoing a lot of work that's been done in the past by, by other physicians. You know, looking at, you know, obviously they were doing their best with, with the skills that they had and with the time that they had with the individual, right? Because unfortunately with the way insurance is in our country, you know, we only have, our doctors only have limited time to spend with a patient and that doesn't work either because they need to desensitize the patient, let the patient, you know, be able to um, adapt to the environment, maybe explore the the medical equipment or whatever it might be. There are so many factors that interfere with getting a proper diagnosis and proper treatment. So it's it's really a loaded situation that we're trying to peel back. But you know, the the what what's effective about this approach is we're taking top doctors from premier academic centers all across the US, you know, the best the best hospitals, Massachusetts General Hospital, Boston Children's Hospital, UCLA, mm -hmm. and we're bringing those doctors directly to the families 
and their physicians wherever they are so that that local physician in that community, in that rural community who might not have access to specialists can then understand what they're looking at, help to diagnose it, but also become the quarterback of this plan of care that's developed through the collaboration with our doctors, the family, and their physicians. So that local doctor really becomes educated on these medical comorbidities, on the symptoms, uh, and the possible treatments, so that they can not only help that family that is being presented to the think tank, but now they have that knowledge to go forward and help other individuals within their practice. So the knowledge is trickling down from our experts to the boots on the ground. Well, and you have and you have doctors that are, um, you know, they're getting feedback in real time. I would assume, right? If it's you know video conferencing, instead of having to um, you know go back and forth with email or or you know where there's that delay and and having everybody in the same room at the same time, even if it's through teleconferencing, can can help, um, I guess, spark ideas and. Um, and things like that. So that that's that's really good. You know, it reminds me of. Did you ever see House? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what this what this. Ever since I heard of you guys, it's that's like what you guys are. Like grand rounds, basically, right? Yeah. It's like a grand rounds in a hospital. <laughs> yeah. It, it. That's what it. That's what it reminds me of. And that's that's so cool yeah. because I used to tell I used to tell people when my my oldest was going through all this stuff before we identified a lot of the pieces and parts. I was like, we need like a doctor house. We need to go one place. Where they can attack, they, they can attack this from all angles, yeah. and give us the information that we need to at least know what we're doing, and yeah, and that knowledge but is really powerful. That's not going to happen until our insurance changes, right? Until yes. the way insurance is, is um, uh, you know, used more about the healthcare you want to say it in, in our country. Yeah. Our healthcare system will not allow that, and so families go to six different specialists and get six different plans of care. That have that are not coordinated. They're not cohesive. There's no quarterback, and the parent who is not educated in, um, you know, medical school necessarily, right? Or they're not maybe, um, you know, they don't have a medical background or a therapeutic background. They're mm -hmm. left to sort out what to do. Do you guys find any pushback from the medical community, or do you find that they're embracing this um, as an opportunity? Well, it's interesting. You know, when we first started, um, we've had to change our dialogue a lot to be able to approach the participating physicians, that's the family's physician, because every family that's presented to a think tank has to have one of their, um, you know, family doctors, one of the child's doctors participate on their behalf because they will become the quarterback and all of the care will get carried out in their local community with their local specialists through their own insurance. So we're a nonprofit, right? We can we raise money to subsidize the cost for families. But the plan of care, if the family and their doctor choose to carry it out, gets carried out locally with their own doctors. We don't do any direct patient care. So we're really just advising, saying, hey, if we were treating your child, this is what we would be doing. Um, so the pushback initially was from the participating physicians who thought, well, I've got, you know, I've got this, you know, I don't, I don't need, you know, five specialists to, you know, help me with your child. And, and there was a little bit maybe of an ego issue involved, but what we saw was once they participated with the think tank and they got to work with Dr. Tim Bowie and Dr. Margaret Bowman and the whole list of other doctors that they participate with, the doctors that they would normally pay a lot of money to go here, speak at a medical conference. Mm -hmm. Now they're consulting on a case with once they had that experience, they were blown away. And they're also blown away by the fact that, you know, when, when we do a think tank, there's five specialists in the think tank. And the, the specialists that are um, uh, involved in a particular case are selected based on how the child presents, what symptoms they have. So we'll do an intake. We'll decide what five specialists we think might benefit most. So it could be gastroenterology, neurology, psychiatry. Um, it could be allergy immunology, and it could be a pain specialist, all wrapped around this child for the sink tank. And when during this hour-long video conference, each one of those specialists 
is asking a variety of questions to the family's physician and to the family. But at the same time, each physician is hearing all of those answers. So there is so much more knowledge uh, that is gathered before recommendations are even made that I think that is what is so fascinating in this process and even to that participating physician, how much information comes out of this, uh, how much information is used to come up with an appropriate plan of care that is cohesive amongst all specialists involved. All specialists are agreeing that, yes, that's that's the approach we should take. So so in a lot of ways, you, you're really, you're just, I mean, if you simplify it, I guess you're sort of empowering the local physician to be able to, to, to have access to more resources than what they may have available to them locally and, and to be able to provide or improve upon the patient care. And yeah, I mean, I guess that, that really is a, it's a shame that it's not happening everywhere. Uh, and, and that yeah. there, there isn't, I mean, for as pervasive as autism is, there's still so, I guess, little, um, knowledge out there, I guess, in the general public and, and even in the medical community, you have to go to a specialist. Uh, and that's, that's, uh, it's very cool what you guys are doing. Um, and I, I know that's that, really our next, sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's, uh, you know, our next focus right now, you know, when we started the think tank, it was to help the kids. But what we realized is that this is a, a, a very effective way to educate the physicians because most of what we're looking at, these severe medical comorbidities, um, you know, they're very common. And so if we're helping a local physician to understand what they are and how to recognize them and how to treat them, they can then treat all of their patients in their practice that have an autism diagnosis more effectively using this knowledge. So we're really trickling down from the experts to the boots on the ground. And that's become... Um, a part of the way we're evolving as we um, originally started doing programs for the medically complex kids through medical video conferencing, we realized that there was so much more need out there to do other things. For example, I was receiving calls from families who maybe didn't necessarily need an autism think tank. And so I'd have to turn them away. And what I mean by that is, you know, maybe their child or their adult child wasn't medically complex enough to need five medical experts, or maybe they weren't, um, they hadn't done the necessary uh, work locally. Maybe they hadn't seen their local allergist. Maybe they didn't recognize that, you know, staring off um, out of the periphery could be a sign of a seizure that maybe they should see a neurologist for that. So I couldn't necessarily put them in front of experts if they hadn't necessarily done the research locally or um, explored um, what could be going on diagnostically, you know, with their local doctors. And so I was turning a lot of families away. And, you know, I, I was talking to Dr. Aben, our founder, and I said, look, we, we have to do something for those families because they didn't even know that what they were looking at was a medical symptom. So we have to create a program for that. We have to create a program to help hold these other families' hands or the family that just gets the diagnosis. They need to know what to look out for medically. They need to know about silent reflux so we don't have a chronic issue when, by the time the child is 10. So we have a new program called Clinical Care Coordination where I can help families understand what specialists they need to go see based on those, the symptoms that the individual might present with. Go see those specialists locally. If they don't have the answers, then come back and we're going to put you in front of the think tank. Or if you have a new child that's that a new diagnosis for for a child, you know let's let's guide you and put you on the right path. We're going to show you what red flags to watch out for medically, so that you can nip it in the bud right away, so it doesn't become a chronic issue. Because chronic issues lead to a whole host of other issues, right? When someone's in chronic pain, it changes pain signaling. Mm -hmm. um, we already know that our pain individuals on the spectrum have um, di different pain signaling, right? They might be hyper, hyposensitive to pain. Uh, they might not be able to localize to pain. 
So if we can nip some of these medical issues in the bud right out of the gate, we can solve a lot of problems. Um, that's funny that you talked about the pain because my, my my oldest is that way where where he perceives pain differently than what I would think maybe we were intended to perceive it. And, and so it's very difficult to know when there is something serious going on or when he is like, like if you slammed his fingers in the car door, he could kind of shake that off. But if he gets a paper cut, mm. it's like the end of the world. Um, it mm. doesn't bother yeah. him to get shots, but it hurts when they pull the needle out. So he, he's sort of, mm. he's sort of backwards in, in the way that he, he does it. And, and when he was little, we used to think that he was just sort of, um, like there was an element of, of drama and, and things like that, but it's just, he sure. just, he just perceives pain differently. And, and I, I've, I've heard from a lot of parents that their kids experience things, um, in, in a similar, in a similar way. And I just thought it was, I thought, yeah. I thought it was fascinating. You brought that up. The Autism Dead is brought to you by Mightier. Mightier is an amazing program out of Harvard Medical and Boston Children's that utilizes video games in a wrist strap heart rate monitor to teach your kids to emotionally self-regulate. So if you are an autism parent like I am, that means fewer meltdowns. Fewer meltdowns means reduced parental stress and improved quality of life for your entire family. Uh, I've been using it with my son for over a year. It's absolutely fantastic. The games are fun. They're engaging. He loves it. Uh, doesn't even realize that he's learning while he's doing it. And then he naturally applies it to the rest of his life. It's basically biofeedback for kids. So it does work for any child. Uh, but due to the nature of, of autism, kids on the spectrum tend to have a more difficult time with emotional self-regulation. And so Mightier has a, has a very profound impact on that. So if you want more information, including how to get a free 30-day trial, visit theautismdad.com forward slash Mightier. That's theautismdad.com forward slash Mightier. Now, I know you guys... You guys rebranded recently, right, to uh, Autism Healthcare Collaborative? We did. And part of that reason is because, you know, as we evolved and we saw the other needs families were having, for example, I received a call, and really this was in my, my close-knit community, family and friends who have um, young adults that are higher functioning and able to go off to college. Um you know, maybe they had an IEP in high school, maybe they had the, you know, former Asperger diagnosis, and, you know, they went off to college and were all failing out their first semester. And, you know, it was puzzling. Well, you know, they did great in school, they they got into college, and they went off to school, whether they lived there or lived home, they were doing very poorly. And I was getting a lot of calls from, you know, family, friends, and um uh, you know, former clients that I worked with when they were younger, like just diagnosed at age three, and now they're, you know, 20 and failing out of college. And so we said, wait a minute, we know why that's happening. Like, I could, you know, tell you exactly what's going on here. And, you know, where that breakdown is happening from not only the transition, but the difference in levels of support between a, a supported IEP in high school and on campus services at college, the um, social, adding the social element into it with the executive function. So we created a college mentor program to serve those individuals. And now we have um, a psychosocial program for parents because our founder is very, very um, passionate about helping the family as a family unit because of the destruction that happens within a family, the divorce rates, the um, the, the depression, the anxiety, even suicide in families with autism. And so we're, we're passionate about helping families as a unit, those, the parents. And uh, we realized that using the name Autism Think Tank doesn't suit all of those programs that we're now offering. And by the grace of God, we were offered a very, very substantial endowment by a local family who got to know us very well and became very involved and passionate about our mission. And they offered us a, an unrestricted grant in the, in the amount of $1 million. And that has enabled us to completely rebrand the organization under a new name, the Autism Healthcare Collaborative, which focuses on healthcare needs primarily 
the Autism Think Tank will remain a, our primary program through medical video conferencing, but we offer all of these other programs to support the vast needs of our community under this new name. And uh, we're just, you know, incredibly grateful for this enormous gift. And you guys, you guys are based in New Jersey, right? So we started in New Jersey. It's actually a funny story. We, we started in New Jersey in 2010 in a brand new, beautiful medical center. Um, it was, you know, several thousand square feet. We had a beautiful boardroom with all these TVs wrapped around the room for our video conferencing. And our families were local. They would come in with their doctor and we would bring in the doctors via teleconference from Boston and California and wherever else they might be. And we would all be present in the boardroom. But within two years, word got out about the autism think tank and more families from across the U.S. were contacting us. And before you knew it, I was the only one sitting in the boardroom because the families might be in rural Arkansas and the doctors were in Boston and California or Florida. And I was the only one sitting in the boardroom. And so we figured, why are we spending all of this money on rent when everybody's coming on from their laptops? wherever they are in the country. So although we started in New Jersey, we no longer use a primary office space. We all come on via our, our computers or our laptops. So we can reach, we can reach anybody in the world. Um, you know, we come to you via teleconferencing. And that's, well, that's really a big thing for families like mine because traveling is often a nightmare if it's even possible. And we have a hard time even just, I live an hour away from Cleveland Clinic main campus and uh, even making that trip sometimes can be rough. And, and the fact that, that you guys have streamlined it in such a way that it's become so accessible uh, for families is pretty amazing. And and it leads me to another question. Um, how, how would, so like if there's somebody listening right now who, who thinks like, Oh my gosh, I think these people could help me. How can they go about uh, reaching out to you guys? Like, how does that process go? So, yeah. So the best thing to do is to go to our brand new website, which is really spectacular. It, it, is, it has just gone live um, because it now includes all of our programs and our new name and our new branding. It is www.autismhc.org. It stands for Autism Healthcare Collaborative, autismhc.org. And there's a contact form on there. They should submit a contact form. It comes directly to me, and I will respond. We'll do a free screening for anybody that uh, feels their child might be appropriate for one of our programs. And through that screening, we'll be able to identify which of our programs would be suitable. Uh, do you guys have, is there like an age limit or like a, like a cutoff to where you guys no, stop? Okay. We don't because autism is forever. Yes. And, you know, we, we are watching, you know, for example, like I said, our college life mentor program is, um, you know, now a bunch of 20 somethings that were, you know, a lot of them were my three-year-olds that I was working with as a speech pathologist when they were first diagnosed. Um, but they're also going to become adults and have adult needs and their medical needs are not going to change. They're only going, if they're going to change, they, they're likely to get worse, right, as they age. And so they're going to need specialists. And as we know, there is a shortage of doctors for the over 21 population to begin with. And so we think we're going to have to do a lot of, um, uh, a lot of uh, intervention with physicians and teaching to physicians to treat the older population. Our oldest uh, participant in a think tank so far was 49 years old, and our oh, youngest wow. was age three. Wow. Uh, yeah, the reason that I had asked that was because, like you had said, I mean, obviously autism never goes away, uh, but a lot of people seem to not recognize that, and and they think like the kids are going to outgrow it, and, and a lot of kids age out of services at, at 18, and then there's nothing uh, the support systems are, are gone, like you talked about with college, how um, the support structures and the IEPs, all that stuff changes. And, and um, you know, knowing that there is a place that regardless of, of, of the person's age that they can go to to get help for these um, complex uh, 
challenges is I've never heard of anything like this in real life before uh, until I uh, was connected with you guys. Um, how does how how does how does the cost of this work out for the families? Is there a cost for families? Is it um, like a sliding scale, or or how does that how does that work? Yeah, so there is a there is a fee, but we are a nonprofit, so we subsidize that cost by fifty percent. Okay. So the autism think tank medical video conferencing fee is five thousand dollars, but we subsidize fifty percent so that we contribute twenty five hundred through fundraising and the family's responsible for twenty five hundred. But what they get with that is um, the work that leads up to the medical video conference, including all the collection of all the medical records, uploading them for the doctors in the cloud. We assign the doctors and schedule it. Uh, we do a one-hour video conference with five doctors and our clinical social worker, the family, and the family's participating physician. And if they wish to have a teacher or their ABA therapist or their speech therapist observe, they're welcome to do that. After that think tank, they get a, a comprehensive report that includes all the doctor's suggestions um, that goes to the family, the family's doctor. And they can use that to take to, to the various specialists that they would see locally. We also follow that family for one year with our clinical social worker who provides case management. So she'll reach out on a monthly basis to provide support. Um, if the participating physician has questions about any of the, you know, let's say labs that they had run or diagnostics that maybe they did based on our recommendations, um, we can connect that doctor back to our doctors to get help sorting out. Um, you know, whether it is uh, reading the results or, you know, changing the medication or whatever it might be. And so I know we hold the family's hand throughout throughout the whole process. That That's that's good. I like that you guys follow you follow up. And, and that's a lot, really. I, I know people will say will think twenty five hundred dollars. That's a lot of money. But but I mean, considering everything that is involved in this, I mean, if you go to the ER with a broken arm, you're going to be paying more than that for a one-time thing, right? And and this has the potential to be life-altering, I would think. Um, right. You know, dramatically improve the quality of of your child's life, and then subsequently uh, the whole family, really, because you know autism is a family thing, really, because because you can't. Um, my kids uh, impact each other they collectively impact me and I impact them. I mean, there's no way to, to, to compartmentalize uh, these behaviors and and conditions and challenges. It it affects everyone. And, uh, you know, you guys are doing something that I I think is really amazing and has been uh, sorely lacking uh, for long, at least as long as I've been involved in doing this. So Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. The goal obviously would be one day to be able to not have to charge the families because we know how strapped they are. And because we're not providing direct patient care, we're basically offering advice to their, to the physicians Mm -hmm. through this collaboration. We can't submit to insurance. Um, Hopefully one day that might change, but for now we do the best we can by fundraising really hard to be able to offset the cost for families. But you know, what they're paying for, you can't get um, anywhere. You can't get five experts to collaborate for one hour. You're lucky to get one expert for a half an hour when, you know, when you pay a doctor. Um, you know, you're, to get in to see one of the specialists that we work with might take you a year. Um, and, you know, that's, again, with one specialist, not a collaboration. And the key here is that this is a collaboration between specialists because, if one doctor is treating one way, all the other doctors involved need to know because that's going to affect the way that they're treating that child as well. Yeah, it keeps everybody in sync. And uh, that was when you have a medically complicated child, um, and we've we've been back and forth with this my son's entire life, and he's almost twenty. You know, you go to one doctor and they make a change. And then your other doctors don't know about it until the next time that they see them. And then when you see the other doctor, they'll be like, oh, I don't, I don't like this. You know, we need to, you know, why'd they do this? Or we need to change this back rather than avoiding that whole situation in the first place, have everybody in the same place at the same time. 
and, and be able to, you know, the doctors can express their concerns about a particular approach or how it affects what they're focusing on. And you can, you can, you can streamline something. So instead of taking, you know, like with my son, it took us a decade almost to, to figure out sort of what's at the root of what he has going on. Uh, you know, if we had had access to something like this, we could have potentially, you know, cut off a lot of that time and, and been able to improve his life a lot sooner than, than what, than what we did. Uh, and I just, I, I really, this is so impressive for me because this is like, this is like Dr. House for, um, (laughs) for, for people like families like mine. And that's, I've been saying for years, we need, like, we need that. Um, well, we're very, very proud of what we're doing. And, you know, the truth is that everything that we do is inspired by the journey that Dr. Robend is on with his own son. And so as he figures out the system or he figures out the medical system, um, he teaches us so that we can then make services available to families who may not have had the resources to do so. Dr. Robin's son is now 21 years old, and he is on that transition cliff dive, and he is now going through a whole different system. We figured out the medical piece. Now we're figuring out the transition piece, and as as he figures that out, we've brought in new professionals to help offer transition services to families. Um, the, the most recent program that we've developed is called Bridges to Transition. And what that says is it's only available right now to families in New Jersey because we're working with an expert who understands New Jersey's system, understands the housing or lack of housing, uh, understands the employment issues, the day program issues, the funding issues, and understands how to work with the systems in place in New Jersey to get um, appropriate services for um, young adults over 21. And as, you know, Dr. Aben, being a doctor, and as I said, his wife is as well, they have the means, they have the resources to be able to do the best for their son. And many families don't have the financial ability to do that. So as he learns it, we as a nonprofit create a program around it to be able to help other families. You know, uh, when you have, and I've talked about this uh, a million times over the years, when you have doctors who have personal life experience with, with things like autism, maybe it's one of their kids or it's a niece or a nephew or a sibling or something like that, there there is an element of compassion that that you really, you can't find unless somebody has, has, has experienced it firsthand. And, and it sort of feels like this was, this was born out of compassion for, for what he knows so many others are going through. And that's, that's a hundred percent what it is. If you had an opportunity to talk to Dr. Abend, you would hear the compassion is first. Um, he, he is inspired by his son but he doesn't want anybody else to ever go through what he's going through with his son. And that's, that's why he created this. Uh, I would definitely encourage you to have a conversation with him in the future because oh, yeah. he is um, very powerful and heartfelt. Um, and his words are very meaningful. He speaks as a doctor, but he speaks as a father. And in fact, the, you know, he's a visionary. And so he always has new ideas and he calls me and he'll say, you know, we have to do this. We have to do that. And, and I'm, I'm the one that has to pick and choose <laughs> what we can actually do out of all of his amazing ideas. But what you just said is true. Physician parents understand this in a way that other parents and other physicians don't. Yeah. And so because of that, if you go to the new website and you look under our physicians tab, there's a new section called Physician Parent Network. We've created, we're starting this new network that will be a list of all physicians who are also parents of individuals on the spectrum, oh, wow. not only to help problem solve, but to help each other. Because, for example, you know, Paul went on vacation for the first time in many, many, many years because his son hasn't been able to be left alone. Uh, but now he's in good hands. He has some good care. They went away, and as soon as that plane landed, his phone blew up with text messages from the caregivers saying, 
Mikey has a cut on his finger. He needs to go to a doctor. You know, where should we take him? And he said, this is crazy. We, you know, he can't go to a doctor because he can't, you know, he behaviorally can't handle going into a doctor's office to get stitches. And so he said, this, you know, this has to stop. We need to find other doctors locally who would be able to treat his son if he were to go away on vacation and he needed a doctor. And that's how that started. And he said, wait a minute, you know, we can create that here in New Jersey, but we can create a, a, a network, a parent, a physician parent network, you know, across the nation so that other doctors, kids can be helped by other doctors who understand, but then also make those doctors available as a network to families, other families who have children on the spectrum because they do have a sensitivity. They do have a different understanding of those the individual's needs from a sensory perspective, a medical perspective, yep. uh, and a behavioral perspective. That is that that is so cool because there there are so many um you know and and, I, and doctors and I'm I'm not like bashing on doctors in general just you know there's I've always called it like there's a clinical understanding of what autism is and then there's that real life understanding and it's it's you know autism is is not a cookie cutter thing it's different for every kid and and it's it's one thing to say well you just need to do this or you just need to do this or you just need to do this but but knowing how difficult it is in real life to actually implement those things or make those changes or address those problems without having to without having that firsthand experience of what those challenges are it it just sort of it, it sort of um it kind of depersonalizes things a little bit i guess and 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 it, it, that, that i love that idea of of having a network of physicians or caregivers uh, or specialists who who are autism parents themselves who understand what what you're feeling and what you're thinking and how and how this has impacted you, uh, and that's just something that there's there's just simply uh, not enough of. Um, that's, yeah, well, that's I would very ask cool. you know if we could put it out there to physician parents. You know, if you're a physician. Um, and you're a parent of a, a child on the spectrum, mm -hmm. we really encourage you to go to the website and look under our, the physicians tab and, you know, let us know that you want to join our physician parent network so we can start collaborating and coming up with better ways to help families across the U.S. Uh, well, and, and I guess one of the last questions that I had for you guys was if there's people out there right now that maybe want to help support what you're doing, uh, and, and help, you know, bring these services to other families, can they donate? Can they, uh, are there ways that they can, they can support what you guys are doing? Absolutely. The only way that we can do this is through the generosity of our community. So we encourage donors, if you are a philanthropic person and you are able and you have the means you can help us bring these programs to families, not only in the U.S., but worldwide. And there is a tab on our website, autismhc.org, that says Donate. And there's a section there for donors that tells you all about the programs and how you would be able to support our, our mission. And we would encourage it and be extremely grateful for your support. And, and even if you aren't in a position to make a financial donation, share their information, help them get the word out, you know, about what they're doing, because uh, maybe you can help connect them with someone who's able to, to, to do something like that. And, uh, you know, th this is something that is, is very powerful. It's very, very important. And I am so grateful that you guys uh, are doing what you're doing. And, and Sherry, I thank you so much for coming on the show and, in talking to us about what you guys are doing. Um, I'm going to make sure to have all of your information in the show notes um, so that people can uh, click directly to your website, to your Facebook, to Instagram, and your uh, Twitter, and, uh, you know, help connect people with what you guys are able to do. So thank you very, very much. Um, is, well, thank is there... you very much. It's been an honor to be able to be um, able to talk about what we're doing and the, and the expansion of our programs through the Autism Healthcare Collaborative. And 
you know, our goal is to help families, and we can only do that by getting the word out through programs like this. So thank you. Oh, anything I can, anything I can do to help, uh, you know, anytime you guys are welcome on the show and we can uh, talk about whatever it is that uh, will, will help what you guys are doing. So the, the door is open. Invitation is, is always there. So thank you very, very much. I hope you have a great weekend. Well, week. This will air on Friday. So. I get confused sometimes. <laughs> awesome. Everything Great. Sort of... Thank you. And have a happy Thanksgiving. You too. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Rob. I just wanted to uh, take a quick second and thank Sherry for coming on the show and talking to us about the Autism Think Tank and the Autism Healthcare Collaborative. Uh, what they're doing is is absolutely amazing. They are literally changing lives. Um, I know that we could have really benefited from this uh, with my oldest Gavin uh, when he was younger uh, and other families out there that, that are dealing with uh, comorbid diagnoses that go along with autism uh, could really, really benefit from, from something like this. So uh, I will make sure to have all of the uh, contact information for both Sherry and uh, the Autism Healthcare Collaborative in the show notes below. Uh, so you can you can reach out to them if if you need to. Uh, you can find me at theautismdad.com. My social links are at the top of the page. Hit me up on Twitter or uh, send me a message via the blog. Uh, also, uh, you can help support this podcast via the link in the description. I really appreciate that. Uh, and you can subscribe via any one of your favorite podcasting apps. Just look up The Autism Dad and hit subscribe. Uh, it's very helpful. I really appreciate that. I hope you guys have a great Friday and I will talk to you next week. Autistic kids can sometimes struggle to learn new skills such as riding a bike, reading, or simply having a conversation to a high level of proficiency and automaticity. Brainiac is a brain enhancement program that gets to the root of the problem. It builds stronger brain and body connections that elevate learning capacity within four to six months. Brainiac cross-trains motor movement, visual, auditory, and cognitive thinking connections using fun, interactive video games. Strength and connections allow kids to learn new skills and perform them automatically with more confidence and greater independence. Brainiac is for homes and schools. Visit canoe.com, that's K-I-N-U-U.com, and be sure to use the code THEAUTISMDAT at checkout to save $500. It's a limited time offer and it will expire on May 31st.